I am glad to be back with you today. Today, I want to talk about something that most of us go through at one point, and it is how do we handle old 401k account and other retirement plan accounts. So, should I roll over an old 401k or other retirement plan account is really the question that I want to address. So, for younger generations, we tend to move around from job to job more frequently than older generations. So this inevitably can lead to just retirement accounts being spread out and to what is called orphaned retirement accounts. And the reason why they use this language is because these are accounts that are lonely, neglected, and forgotten about. It is important to know where all of your assets and investments are and if you have any of these orphaned accounts. So what should we be doing with these accounts if we happen to change jobs and move around? So I do want to give a full disclosure that when I talk about in this episode, when I talk about these accounts, I may reference them as employer-sponsored retirement plans, retirement accounts, or retirement plan accounts. But for all intents and purposes, I'm meaning the same thing. And these are these 401ks, 403bs, 457s, and any other similar plan. So I may be bouncing around, but for all intents and purposes, that is what I'm meaning. And then one last disclosure is that if you have questions or concerns, be sure to reference your specific retirement plan documents. All the information should be in those documents. So that's important to reference those documents because that will give you more information about your specific situation and what you're able to do and what you aren't able to do and the ins and outs. Okay, so the first thing we need to start with is what is a rollover? So oftentimes you hear rollover uh, when it comes to these accounts. Most people think, oh, I need, I'm leaving my job. I need to roll over my account. So what exactly is a rollover? So a rollover is the process of moving an employer-sponsored retirement plan from an existing provider to either a new provider, if allowed, by the current plan or an outside IRA. So what this means is if you have an old 401k, you can either, if you wanted to roll it over, you can either roll it over to your new 401k, if it's allowed, or you can roll it over to an outside IRA. So again, you can only roll it over to another retirement plan if it is allowed by that new retirement plan. So you have to check the new plan documents if you have a new retirement plan to see if it's allowed. And even if it's allowed, sometimes they restrict what type of money can flow into the plan. So pre-tax or after-tax and or if non-deductible, non-Roth money is allowed as well. So again, check the plan documents to see what you're eligible to roll over into that new plan if you are eligible at all. And then the other thing is uh, rolling over a 401k or a retirement plan to an outside IRA. This is probably the most popular approach because of freedom and flexibility and what I'll hit on here in a little bit. But I did want to make the distinction that the language is different from rolling over a retirement plan to an IRA as opposed to rolling over an IRA to an IRA, which is typically referred to as a transfer. So I just wanted to make that quick distinction just so everyone's tracking the same. Okay, I want to go through now maybe some reasons to consider a rollover and maybe some things that you may not have thought about before but are worth considering. So most people, when they think about rolling over an old 401k or an old retirement plan, it's immediately triggered by a job change. And this is probably first and foremost what most people do a rollover for is because of a job change. It's probably one of the biggest triggers, but contrary... To popular belief, separation from service doesn't automatically mean that you have to roll over an account within an old retirement plan. 
But the job change, the separation from service, grants the participant the ability to roll over their account. So job change doesn't mean you have to, but it grants you the ability to if you would like to. So a lot of people like to roll over their accounts whenever they change jobs because it's kind of a clean break. You're no longer with that employer. So why should your account be on their plan? So that's kind of the mentality that I think a lot of people have whenever they change jobs. But you don't have to. You don't have to transfer your account. You don't have to roll over your account whenever you change your job. Unless, which takes me to my next point, unless you have a small balance that is under uh, a specific threshold. So oftentimes these plans have balances that they will automatically send you a check or kind of push your funds out of their plan. So if your account balance is under $1,000, typically they can close your account and issue you a check. No, no questions asked. But if you have more than $1,000, but maybe less than $5,000 is the threshold that we see, they can force you out of their plan. They can they need to help you look for an alternative an IRA, maybe with them or another provider. But if you have less than $5,000 in in the account when you separate service, typically they're going to want to push you out of their plan for efficiency purposes. It just is more overhead for them to keep tabs on everything. But again, reference your plan document, your plan summary for your existing plan to see what the actual protocol is for rolling over these accounts due to balances. And if you are being forced out, just know that you are on the clock for finding a new destination to receive these funds. Typically, you see anywhere from 30, 60, 90 days, and I'm sure there's probably a minimum that they have to give you um, heads up for. But just know there's going to be a window of time that you have to, you know, look for an option to roll, you know, your funds out of this account. Okay, next reason to consider a rollover is to simplify. Like I said earlier, if you are working in multiple jobs throughout your entire life and you accumulate all these accounts, you can see that you might have three, four, five, six different accounts, maybe even more, depending on how many jobs you have. And you can see how your accounts are all spread out and can be a lot to keep track of and keep tabs on and to make sure they're invested properly. So rolling over these accounts could be a great way to simplify how many outstanding accounts that you have. And so the main theme here is that when you simplify your finances as much as they can be, you can actually take better care of them because you're allowing more um, of your effort, your time, your energy to go into the things that matter the most. So again, a good strategy could be rolling over old retirement accounts into your new retirement account wherever you land or rolling over those older retirement accounts into um, an outside IRA. Okay, next option to consider when rolling over an old retirement plan account is, is there better investment options? One of the the prime things to look at your current plan is the investment options and how much of a selection you have, how much of the market that these funds are covering, how cheap are they? There's probably a little checklist that you want to go through. And if you're not doing this, you need to hire a professional to give you a little guidance on selecting these funds and evaluating the composition of these plan funds. Hopefully, wherever you roll over an account, they have better investment funds than where you are coming from. So again, the the goal is to have an investment allocation that is subjecting you to the broader market, the broader stock market, and so that you can have a well-diversified portfolio. Bonus points if you're able to do this in the cheapest way possible, i.e. index funds would be a great example of how to go about doing that. And then like I said, 
an option you always have is to typically roll over an old retirement plan to an IRA. So one of the benefits of rolling over to an IRA is that you pretty much have limitless investment options that can be held within this account. And I, I say that because it's there are limitations in regards to some of the illiquid type funds. And there's more restriction around that. But if you're investing into mutual funds or ETFs or you know index funds, through those two mediums, then you typically have pretty much endless opportunities to invest in. Alrighty, next item of consideration are the features and retirement plan provisions. So when you look at rolling over funds from a former retirement plan to a current retirement plan, you want to, to see if you're gaining any important and advantageous plan provisions that you could subject those old funds to from that old account. So if you could keep it in the plan and now all of a sudden you gain some advantages through new plan provisions and features, you are just that much ahead of the game. So an example would be in-plan Roth conversions. Not all retirement plans have this feature, but it can be a great feature for your personal finances. And so what this feature does, it is allows you to convert any pre-tax or non-deductible non-Roth money, more on this later, into your Roth bucket of your retirement plan. And, and doing it pretty easily, pretty simply, because it's all done within the platform and the plan. You don't have to jump through a lot of hoops. The 401k record keeper is doing all the record keeping for it, and they will issue you the proper appropriate tax form at the end of the year. An example for doing Roth conversions within your plan uh, would be Maybe this is a year that you're making less income because of life circumstances, and maybe you anticipate a larger tax refund this year. So because of this, you're going to drop down into a lower tax bracket for this year and also simultaneously get a larger refund. So this could be a great opportunity to do an in-plan Roth conversion and convert some of that money and allow your refund to offset some of your tax liability from that conversion because anything converted from pre-tax money to after-tax money will be taxable in that year. It'll be taxed as ordinary income. Okay, next option, next plan feature that you should be aware of is if your new plan has a brokerage link option. And so this is important to understand. It could be a, a way to, again, consolidate your accounts because if you're looking for kind of those endless investment options, so this is becoming a little more popular where the retirement plan provider allow you to open a brokerage account with them on the same platform, but all of a sudden you get access to a lot more investments. So the one that comes top of mind is Fidelity. Fidelity does this. If you have a 401k through Fidelity, sometimes if offered by the employer, again, this is, I think, an added cost for your employer to provide this through their 401k plan. So you would have to check to see if this is available. But I know I, I've seen this with a lot of my clients that have 401ks at Fidelity. There is a brokerage link option where you can activate this brokerage link and set up a brokerage account through the 401k, but all of a sudden you get access to more investment options than what is just offered through the 401k. So this could be a great opportunity to circumvent some of those restrictions and have access to better investments. So I didn't mention earlier, but when I was talking about better investment options, typically within your retirement plans, you only have typically 10 to 30 investment options. And so you're pretty limited to what is offered by the retirement plan. And ideally, you would have great investments to craft a well-diversified portfolio 
that is subjected to the broad market for a very low cost. But this isn't always the case for everyone's plan. And are there other options? What are the other alternatives for us? Okay, the next reason to consider is that it is just cheaper. So oftentimes, if you leave your 401k where it is at, after separation of service, typically what I've seen is that employers will pass on to you certain administrative expenses that they were covering for you while you were employed at their organization. And so you want to be mindful of this. If they're going to pass on fees and expenses, then that's going to be an added cost to you. That's going to reduce your overall return in that account. So it could be in your best interest to roll over that account to a new retirement plan or an outside IRA to, again, minimize your fees and maximize your returns. But again, you can determine this by looking at the plan documents for the former plan, if you still have those. If not, pull up a couple old statements and look on the fees and expenses line and see if there's anything that you can deduce and maybe compare that to older statements from when you were working at that employer full-time. Okay, next option to consider rolling over an old account is getting access to better professional advice and service. So this option only really occurs if you're rolling over an old retirement account to an IRA. And the reason being is because whenever you roll over to an IRA, you can have it managed by a professional advisor like myself or another advisor that can manage it directly and give advice. So this could be a great option to get advice. If you aren't currently receiving advice, this could be an option to get professional advice for your personal finances. And again, this isn't an option for everyone. This doesn't make sense for everyone, but you may evaluate this for your personal situation, especially if you're not getting advice already. So I am biased. I think everyone should have some degree of proactive financial advice that isn't from the mainstream media or from social media consider this. But when you are looking for a potential advisor, if you think this might be an option for you, you want to start looking for someone that a good place, I should say, a good place to start looking is for someone that is fee only and someone that is a fiduciary, someone that's only going to get paid by you in the form of fees. So that means no commissions, no kickbacks, no hidden conflicted interests. Are there conflicts of interest with fee only advisors? Yes, but they should disclose those properly if they are also acting in a fiduciary manner. One thing to know about rolling over an old retirement account to an IRA in order to gain access to um, advice and service is that those fees typically will be paid from that account. Each month or each quarter or each year, fees will be deducted from that account to pay for that advisor, but you would have access to service. So just to, just know exactly what you'd be getting for those fees. Be very upfront come with a lot of questions when you're interviewing advisors. And one thing I would say is be cautious about evaluating advisors based on the cost. Warren Buffett was coined with saying, price is what you pay, value is what you get. And so you want to be evaluating what are you going to be getting for what you're paying. And one last note before I transition on to the next point is that if you want access to an advisor, but maybe you don't have enough in investable assets to meet any minimums, or maybe all your assets are tied up into your current retirement plan. That is fine. There are advisors out there that are serving clients and charging them fees that can be paid monthly, quarterly, annually, directly from their cash flow. For example, in my business, I have a lot of clients that pay me each month from their checking account for access to financial advice. And so if, if you're looking for financial advice, but maybe you don't fit the mold of having enough assets to manage by an advisor or all your assets are in a 401k or something like that, there are options to get that advice and, and pay according to 
how some of these advisors are receiving payment. And a great example to start looking is XY Planning Network. I'm a member of XY Planning Network. So a lot of the advisors on the XY Planning Network do charge quote unquote retainers or subscription fees to have access to their services. Another place to start looking to if you want to is NAFA. NAFA is the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. So in order to be a member of NAFA, you have to be fee only. So that's another great place that I recommend people start looking for a financial advisor if they're interested. Okay, some other considerations when considering a rollover is if you have the ability to conduct a mega backdoor Roth conversion. So this is a strategy that some people have the option to pursue. So just some brief information. When you look at these retirement plans, for the most part, they are capped at a contribution limit of $19,500 for 2021. This includes all combined contributions. So if you split your contributions between pre-tax and after-tax, this all goes towards the same limit. So some individuals are in the scenario where they want to continue saving for retirement, but maybe they've maxed out their contribution limit. So are there options to continue to save? So yes, for some people there are. Again, check your plan documents, but some plans allow for what's called non-deductible, non-Roth contributions. So what this allows is that individuals can save above that $19,500 limit, but it's neither pre-tax or after-tax contributions. It's a third type of contribution called a non-deductible, non-Roth contribution. So the contributions are made with after-tax dollars, but any growth on that money would be taxed whenever withdrawn from the account. So again, another way to save on top of that $19,500 limit, where the real benefit comes from is if this is paired with a plan that also offers in-plan Roth conversions. So what this means is you can actually circumvent that $19,500 limit by making non-deductible non-Roth contributions and then also turn around and converting it to a Roth or the Roth portion of your 401k. So when you look at it on paper, the, the tax implication is pretty much the same for the contribution part. But when you make that conversion, all of a sudden now you're shielding the growth from future taxes. And that's the power of that mega backdoor Roth strategy. Again, not everyone has access to this, so you'll need to check your plain documents to see if one, non-deductible, non-Roth contributions are allowed, and then you'll have to check to see if in-plan Roth conversions are allowed as well. Okay, so this strategy can be done outside of retirement plan accounts. It's just called backdoor Roth strategy instead of a mega backdoor Roth strategy because within retirement plan accounts, the limits actually for those additional contributions, those non-deductible non-Roth contributions, the limits are a lot higher than what you can do outside via a non-deductible IRA contribution. But the reason you want to try to do this within a plan is you want to avoid a pro rata rule. And I won't get into this too much, but pretty much if you have any pre-tax money that exists within IRAs, it is taken into calculation of what's treated as a taxable distribution whenever you convert that money. So I'll put some information in the show notes. Um, I'll put a lot of this information in the show notes, but that's one of the benefits of doing this all within retirement plan is that you are bypassing the pro rata rule and any tricky tax um, implications that could arise from those conversions. 
The next thing to consider when rolling over your accounts is creditor protection. So wherever you have your retirement funds, whether it's in a retirement plan or IRA, you have some degree of protection. I want you to know that you have protection wherever you're at. It's just going to vary depending on where you have your money. There's really two breakdowns of types of accounts when we look at retirement saving. There's ERISA accounts. And ERISA is legislation that was passed in 1974. The act was the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974. It created protections for retirement accounts from creditors, bankruptcy, proceedings, and civil lawsuits. This is the gold standard for creditor protection when it comes to retirement assets because claims can't even be filed for assets held in ERISA qualified accounts. So you can see how powerful this is in terms of protecting your retirement assets. So what's even cooler is that even if you just contribute funds to an ERISA qualified plan, even if you roll over those funds to, let's say, an outside IRA into a rollover IRA, even those funds are still protected as long as you get those into a rollover IRA. So as you can see, there's quite a bit of protection for ERISA qualified money. But it's important to know what type of retirement plan that you have and that you're contributing to because retirement plans can exist without being ERISA qualified. I'll say that again. Retirement plans can exist without being ERISA qualified. So you need to do your due diligence and know exactly the type of plan and the type of qualification that it has. Okay, the other type is non-ERISA qualified accounts. And so this is... On the contrary, they do not have the same degree of protection. However, the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act of 2005 was a piece of legislation that finally afforded certain retirement assets, i.e. IRAs, federal bankruptcy protection. This was a federal piece of legislation that extended some additional protection to individual retirement accounts for those same reasons of bankruptcy. So what this act did is it did a couple things. It extended full protection to SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, and most rollover IRAs. So fully protected from creditors and bankruptcy, regardless of the dollar value. The other thing that it did is it extended protection to traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs to currently a value of one, roughly a little over $1.3 million. Adjustments are made to this amount, adjustments for inflation and it is made every three years, and the next adjustment's happening in 2022. So to step back, what this means, what does this mean? This means that any ERISA-qualified money is fully protected from bankruptcy and creditors. SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, and most rollover IRAs are also fully protected from creditors and bankruptcy at a federal level. When it comes to traditional and Roth IRAs, there is a limited degree of protection at, a, at just over 1.3 million, and that is only in regards to bankruptcy. When it comes to non-bankruptcy creditor protection, it defers to each state. So you'll have to check your state's law on non-bankruptcy creditor protection. So I know here in Missouri and Kansas, full protection has been extended to traditional and Roth IRAs from non-bankruptcy creditors. Again, you need to check your state's laws to determine the degree of protection you have. So why do I say this? Why do I bring this up? Because it may matter whether you try to keep your money in an ERISA qualified retirement plan 
I know oftentimes you may make the mistake of rolling it over to maybe a traditional and, and Roth IRA, which could be just fine depending on where the state you live. But again, you need to know your protection per your state for non-bankruptcy creditor protection. I will put more information in the show notes about some of the resources and some of the stuff that I compiled when it comes to that protection. I know it's maybe hard to register via podcast and audio format, but I'll put some information and resources in the show notes. Okay, transitioning to the next point, last point is if you're a do-it-yourselfer. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, obviously you have a little more confidence and capability in managing your own investments and finances. So if this is the case, then you know you have the freedom and flexibility to roll over your account to whatever way that's going to benefit you the most, whether that's into the your new retirement plan or if it's into an outside IRA. That's another thing to consider if you're willing to, if you want to, and you're willing to do it. And it doesn't always have to stay like that. You could start off as wanting and willing to manage your own investments and then eventually get to a point where you outsource that to maybe an advisor or some other money manager. Okay, that is what I wanted to cover. I know it was a lot of information. Hopefully it was super helpful to you. First and foremost, you need to know where all your money is at and to have a plan with that. Are you going to keep them all where they're at? Are you going to try to consolidate? Are you going to try to roll over? But have a plan and know what your plan is going to be moving forward and why you're going to pursue that path. What interest of yours is it going to serve and what benefits is it going to bring? I hope this was helpful. Again, I'll have all this information will be in the show notes. And until next time, the best yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.